Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Cinema Lounge Podcast. My name is Garrett Inman. I am your host. Here on this podcast, we chill and talk about movies. Today's movie, this week's movie, we'll be talking about Thor. The next movie up in our little MCU marathon until we inevitably catch up with whatever, excuse me, with whatever movie we catch up on. (laughs) Um, Sorry I missed last week. Uh, I put out on Instagram that it was going to be a day late and turns out it ended up not happening at all. This was supposed to go out last week in preparation for The Eternals, which came out this past weekend. Uh, which I think is doing pretty solid in the box office, not so solid in reviews. Uh, I think it is the first MCU movie to go rotten. Although I th- on Rotten Tomatoes, let's 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 do a quick just because f it. I got time. It's it's Thor. We don't have a lot to talk about when it comes to that. Let's see where it's at on Rotten Tomatoes currently. As of eight oh eight p.m. November 7th, it is at a 48% rotten on the tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes. However, the audience score is 81, which is interesting. This is this seems to be the exact opposite of Captain Marvel, <laughs> where Captain Marvel was positive uh, from critics and it got dumped on by audiences. This seems to be the opposite. Uh, I've seen lukewarm reviews all across the board uh some people really love it some people it just does not vibe with them at all um so it's just it's a it's a very interesting movie uh to come out at a time in which really the mcu needs like a big win that just hits everyone uh because after endgame i feel like they've been struggling in terms of just audience perception uh, to kind of recover from that, which, on one hand, it isn't, it isn't completely <laughs> unfeasible that, oh, they're struggling now, because in-game was, for all intents and purposes, the movie of the decade, at the very least, the decade, um, you can make an argument, it's probably the movie of the past two decades, you can even make an argument that it is the movie, uh, of the all of cinema history, <laughs> uh, at least in terms of just the scope and scale and the mass amount of people who have seen it, it will probably go down as a movie in which most people have seen. Like, yeah, you have Godfather. Obviously, it's probably I haven't seen it, but I I would assume it's it's a better movie. Uh, I can name at least 100 movies that I like more <laughs> than Endgame. For me, it didn't, it wasn't perfect, but it was a very just massive historic movie that brought together a buttload of franchises in a mostly cohesive way that brought people in droves out to theaters to go to theaters over and over again, people screaming in the theaters multiple times. And as of right now, there's never going to be another movie like that. DCEU's not going to pull that off again. The MCU's not going to pull that off again. I can guarantee that. Uh, I I think cinema peaked in terms of box office returns and that kind of stuff. It peaked within game, and now we're going to just be fighting to get there again, and we won't unless inflation happens, which it is happening. (laughs) But, yeah... All that is to say, all the movies coming after Endgame, I believe it's been three so far. Black Widow uh, did okay with audiences. Uh, It was also kind of another movie. Well, it was a movie that most people just kind of went, eh, you know. (laughs) Most people were just like, yeah, it's fun. Uh, Me, personally, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Uh, You can check out uh, my podcast episode. I believe it was episode... 28 where i talked about black widow and the incredible hulk (laughs) compared the two uh but i wasn't a huge fan of it Uh, i thought it was kind of bottom tier marvel in my opinion shang chi came out i put out a review of that on this podcast and i was much more positive um but i will say it (laughs) and i i called this coming out of the movie it is one of those movies that doesn't really stick with me 
um i walked down and was like yeah i'm probably not going to watch this movie for a while <laughs> granted that's how it was with a lot of mcu movies but it wasn't on purpose this one is like i don't want to watch this movie again until i forget it <laughs> because i know for a fact if i watch it within the next five years i'm going to like it so much less i want to get to a point where i don't remember exactly why i did and didn't like the movie so i can go in as fresh as i possibly can again because i feel like that's the only way i'm going to experience like enjoy that movie because it was one of those movies just the more i sat on it the more problems i had with it the more i was just like well, I wish they didn't do that. I wish they didn't do that. I'm just like, I gotta, I gotta forget it. <laughs> so I'm in my detox of Shang-Chi. Um, but a lot of people really like Shang-Chi and I don't blame them. I think it is a fun and solid movie, but this movie comes out and <laughs> everyone's across. It's, it's like consistently so far post in game phase four, uh, just Marvel's consistently hitting like solid uh singles <laughs> like they had a freaking blowout home run uh i forget what the baseball term is for like all the three bases loaded hit a home run uh grand slam it, it, it was like a grand <laughs> cinematic grand slam and then after that it's just been kind of singles and doubles and it's just kind of been underwhelming <laughs> most people are checked out uh which kind of reflects in the box office but mostly just reflects like general consensus marvel movies aren't as big as they used to be um even in like phase one and two after iron man came out the mcu was this massive event every time a movie came out now i feel like like honestly the <laughs> the eternal is coming out uh, unless i went online and saw a kind of your regular movie reviewers and, and that kind of stuff, most people aren't talking about this movie. The general masses don't really care in terms of in terms of public appeal. I'm sure the box office is going to do fine. I think initial reports right now, they earned $108 million from overseas, um, which is, <laughs> honestly, I'll give them this. That's really good considering the movie is banned in a lot of countries, especially the countries that make them the big bucks, it is one of the past two MCU movies that has been banned from China. So, all that considering, $108 million is nothing to sneeze at when most of your biggest markets have banned your movie. <laughs> so, that's not half bad. But, just in terms of... In terms of just public chatter and word of mouth... Most people don't care about this movie. They didn't really care about the past couple. And I feel like just the general audience consensus is just, yeah, we're ready for something else. And that's kind of where I'm at, to be honest. That's part of the reason why we're revisiting older movies of the MCU to talk about whether or not they weren't such a positive uh, kind of like look back. I know with the Star Wars sequel, suddenly the prequels became one of the best things Star Wars ever done. But when you go back to it, most of those, most of what the prequels did kind of sucked. So I'm kind of trying to apply this perspective to the MCU and just kind of, for me personally as well, revisit a lot of these movies that I haven't seen in years and go, all right, this is where we started. This is where we are now. Did we... Just were, was the MCU just consistently like hitting dingers and then post in game it just went downhill? Or did the MCU just kind of ebb and, you know, ebb and flow and like some movies were good, some movies were not so good? Were any bad? Because I've heard so many people um, say the MCU has never had a miss. Um, I don't know yet. <laughs> I don't know. I know we're kind of in the slog right now because Iron Man 2 was was not really good. Honestly, I did not like that movie all that much. Uh, the first half I thought was solid. Once Whiplash gets defeated after the car race, and there's, there's, there's a police sign. <laughs> but after the car race... It went downhill for me, and I had much more negative experience with it. 
I had a much more positive experience with The Incredible Hulk, so it's just been interesting to revisit these movies. However, when it comes to Thor, so far, it is probably the most frustrating MCU movie for me. Iron Man 2 was good. Dare I say great? Dare I say awesome? Amazing? Um, the Incredible Hulk was surprisingly fun. Iron Man 2 was a drag. This movie was just frustrating. And before I get into it, <laughs> we're going to tease. Before we get into it, just a life update, I guess. The reason I missed last week was because um, I'm in a film uh, class. I'm, I'm majoring in film. And <laughs> I had a film shoot for one of my film classes last week that I had to direct everything. One of my actors had a family emergency, so I had to fill in for him. Uh, we ran super late, got done shooting at about 1 a.m. I had uh, to go volunteer at church the next morning and direct service. So... I had to wrap up pretty quickly. We ended up cutting three scenes. It was Halloween the next day. And I basically had to get all of my clips and audio and stuff together. And now I'm editing it. It's been a lot. Uh, I was going to try to at least put out an episode late last week. Because uh, I turned 21. I wanted to put out like a 21-year-old uh, birthday special where I talked about uh, Another Round, which is one of the best movies that came out last year. It's all about drinking uh, and the the dangers that imposes along with, <clears throat> excuse me, along with the fun to be had with it. But I got really busy on my birthday. I had a lot of work to, to do. And <laughs> so that didn't happen. So I apologize for not putting out an episode last week. I'm sure that's going to hurt viewership because YouTube, you are a fickle, you know what, <laughs> but yeah, so that's where I'm at. My computer has ceased to work. My, my laptop, my, my desktop, she's working like a charm. She's doing great. My laptop decided to uh, stop working overnight. Um, it was working perfectly fine one night. I went to bed, woke up the next morning, and then I tried to turn it on. Let's see if it'll turn on for me. It'll give me, like, the surface overview, and then it'll give me the low battery signal, even though it's been plugged in for a week now. And now, I'm sorry, I have no idea what the yelling is, if you guys can hear <laughs> I don't know what that is. There's, a, I'm hearing yelling. What the heck? Oh, my dad's probably watching TV downstairs. That's what it is. He has the freaking volume cranked up. If you can hear that, I apologize. If not, I sound like a crazy person. Also, sound like a crazy person because my laptop's rooting up. <laughs> well, ain't that something? Wait, ain't that something? Oh boy. Well, welcome to the cinema lounge i know we're about 13 minutes into this but this, this is what the show is is just technology crapping out yep my laptop just turned on that's great <laughs> oh my gosh well wow okay my laptop decided to just work now um this is what the show is I have zero budget. I'm recording on a webcam. I have a laptop that's literally falling apart at the seams uh, that I guess selectively turns on and off. Uh, yeah. Welcome to the show. <laughs> the best low budget thing out there where I am holding this together uh, by a thread while my family watches TV loudly uh, in uh, the other room. <laughs> Low-budget podcasting. All right. Let's get into Thor. <laughs> Let's get into Thor. Um, Thor, like I said, is one of the most frustrating movies in the MCU. And I don't use frustrating to say that 
it's bad and it, it's so frustrating that it's so bad. No, like if that were the case, Iron Man 2 would definitely take the cake um, because that movie was just bad. Like it, it genuinely was not great. There were some good parts to it, but overall it was a slog and it was not good. This movie, there's a lot of promise. That's why I say it's frustrating. Iron Man 2, yes, I guess you could argue that there's promise. Uh, you could probably argue that there, you know, there's some potential, but overall, just the core story and and what's happening is not very compelling. There's there weren't weren't moments where I go, yes, this storyline is interesting. It's like there's a couple of setups that are that just don't deliver, and that's it. This movie is is like two movies that could have really worked if by themselves that they decided to cram together and not put as much effort into either side. So it becomes frustrating where it's, well, let me tell you the two sides. One side of the, of Thor is this Asgardian epic that it's like, you know, space warriors, these Nordic god-type beings. Um, you could have even made a case that this could have been in Marvel's Game of Thrones or something, these epic buildings, full-scale battles, diplomacy and negotiations, uh, backstabbing and betrayals, all of that fun stuff within uh, this more galactic, um, this galactic world where everything resembles Nordic mythology but it's all in space. There's all of this just grandiose uh, structures and characters. I think that would have been interesting. The issue is they go to Earth, and then it becomes a fish-out-of-water comedy, which I think that side of the movie gets a lot of flack. I think there are some things that work. The issue is that it continues to impede on the Asgardian storyline. By itself, I think it would be interesting to follow these scientists that just find a guy in a thunder, like a thunderstorm tornado type deal, and it's a fish out of water, like comedy, mixed with almost a mystery as to who is this guy. And you, like, as he tries to convince everyone, no, I'm Thor. I'm Thor, the, the god of thunder. And he's just like beaten up like a normal dude. And you learn about his backstory. You hear about Asgard and be, like mythologize this world. And then introduce it in the second movie or something. But keep everything on Earth, Earth level. I think that could work. <laughs> Maybe not exactly the way they do it. But I have a couple of ideas here. So first, let's talk about the Asgardian epic version, uh, side of things. That needed way more development. It's an interesting world. It's an interesting story. I love how Asgard looks. It is gorgeous. It is one of the most beautiful locations in the MCU, and it's so underused. I love how the, the main uh, Odin, Odin castle looks like a giant pipe organ. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. I love the rainbow bridge and the Bifrost. Uh, I just played God of War, then the new game uh, last year. I love that game. And seeing how that depicts Nordic mythology and um, how it fleshes out a lot of these Nordic images, and then you go to this movie, it's just like, these are just kind of like lame versions of it. Like, imagine the Frost Giants as actual giants, and they're fighting these Asgardians, and Laufey is almost like this rebel king, right, who, he's he doesn't want power, he's just sick of the Asgardians, right, or he views Asgard as this encroaching territory that, territory that tries to just take over wherever, and Laufey's just this guy who's trying to fight back, right, that would be interesting if you portrayed Laufey as more of just this kind of rebel king. Uh, shoot, I mean, there was a uh, there's that arc in the Clone Wars where um, I, f I forget the planet, but the Separatists take over the Twi'lek planet, and you know the Republic comes in to help, 
and they help this underground colony of Twi'leks. And the lead Twi'lek, I forget his name, but he becomes like this rebel king, this dude who says, screw it, we're going to go to war, and everyone rallies to follow him, and he becomes the leader of this planet after they fight back the Separatists. I feel like that would be interesting to make a character like that the villain, the uh, the antagonist, maybe make him a bit more villainous, right, where he's he kills people who don't need to be killed, or he, he lets his anger get the best of him. But at the end of the day, what he's fighting for is is something that would cause some moral dilemmas within Thor, and almost you could almost use it to set up what Thor Ragnarok doesn't really properly develop. Where Hela comes in and is like, you know, oh, you think Odin was such a strong, powerful leader, and then like wipes away the murals and to reveal that he was a conqueror that used her as a living weapon. You could use that almost as a setup, where in this movie you could try to make the case that Odin's a misguided conqueror or something like that, only for it to be revealed two movies later. I think that would work, right? Give us an experience, uh, an opportunity to get Laufey, to know Laufey better, to develop maybe some more Frost Giants, introduce more Frost Giant characters uh, as they try to fight back against the Asgardians. It would also give us an opportunity to get to know the Warriors 3 a bit more. Um, it is my belief that the Warriors 3 are some of the most misused and mistreated characters in the MCU. At the very least, at the very least, I don't know why I forget her, why I'm forgetting her name, uh, Jamie Alexander's character, who... Let me look her up real quick. Excuse me, folks. Jamie Alexander's... At the very least, her character, Jamie Alexander, who plays Sif. At the very least, Sif got to appear in a couple episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> At the very least, she got to, to be in two episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She got to be... In, in prominent roles in the Thor movies. The Warriors 3 are just kind of there. And here's the thing. All three of them could have been interesting characters to follow. Uh, what, who is it? It's Hogan and um, the other two. The fat guy that eats a lot and then the pretty blonde guy. <laughs> um, all three of them had the opportunity to be interesting characters. They have great costuming. I like how they look as the MCU progresses, but then they just get unceremoniously killed off in Ragnarok for no reason. It would have been much more interesting to develop those characters, starting with this movie. Uh, you have solid actors. I mean, specifically Ray Stevenson in this movie. Uh, if you watched Dexter Season three, uh, 7, Ray Stevenson is one of the best actors to ever be on that show. I, and after seeing Season 7 of Dexter genuinely believe Ray Stevenson was supremely mis uh, misused in the MCU. If you're going to have an actor like that who knows his characters thoroughly, and you're going to just have them be a fat dude who eats a lot and no complexity whatsoever, you've bungled, you've bungled something. <laughs> you know, you've fumbled the ball. Um, I think these characters could have been interesting. Have the jolly fat dude who likes to eat a lot give him some shades of darkness to him the pretty boy struggling with his own internal uh self-doubt or whatever or hogan who's this warrior hearted uh person struggle with fear or something like that give him something interesting to do as they fight in this asgard versus uh niflheim i think no, Jodenheim versus Jodenheim conflict, or even introduce some of the other realms, uh, like Niflheim. I don't, I don't know these names perfectly, but like Niflheim or something like that, where you can bring in more characters from the Thor mythos and have them play minor roles. Uh, some ideas, bring in other Norse gods, uh, or even have some allusions to characters like Hercules or Ares or so some of the other MCU or Marvel characters who are 
mythological characters, uh, I feel like that would have been interesting. You could have brought in The Executioner two movies early, uh, along with The Enchantress, which it's a freaking crime. Neither of them appeared together. I think The Executioner was in Ragnarok, and I thought he was solid in Ragnarok. I will say that. I like his little redemption arc. Was the I think the Enchantress might have been in the Loki TV show. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I haven't watched any of the Disney Plus shows. I don't really care all that much, to be honest. I have other shows I'm trying to catch up with, and frankly, I don't really want to watch any of the MCU shows until I'm good and ready to. Because <laughs> I'm like, I I don't care. <laughs> I don't I don't care about any of those shows, to be honest. I'll get around to them eventually. Maybe when I get caught up on the movies and, you know, for a big super rank of the MCU. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but for the time being, the Enchantress and the Executioner need to be on screen together. That is a, a must. That is like 100% a must. Uh, and it would be interesting to have them as kind of cameos within this movie. Um, but I think the biggest one that I can think of that would have been interesting and doable as a major role within the movies at least with this movie in terms of exploring the Jotunheim Asgard conflict is to rope the trolls into it uh because I know Ulick in the comics is like a relatively prominent Thor character who can kind of be an antagonist or not be or be a supporting character he is kind of this kind of this neutral within Thor's realm and it would be interesting to have him come in as a separate third party uh who has to get roped into this conflict and play up kind of the Game of Thronesy negotiations and, and con packs and that kind of stuff that would be incredibly interesting if done right um and it would have offered a much different feeling MCU movie where it isn't just CGI and fun. No, this one will have conversations between characters as they try to hide their true motivations from each other and try to work situations out for their benefit. And it's almost this battle of wit and brawn. That would be fun. <laughs> um, but, ugh, I'm sorry, I'm tired. Uh... On the other end of the spectrum, we have the fish-out-of-water stuff, which most people hate. And granted, I don't blame them. Darcy can get annoying from time to time. Jane Foster is kind of a boring character. The only thing that makes her interesting is that it's Natalie Portman, <laughs> to be honest. Um, uh, but I think you can make it work. Here's how. Cut everything from Asgard and just focus on this group of scientists, make them less jokey and, you know, trying to crack jokes at one another. Like, they're serious scientists. They're trying to explore the new possibilities with the world as we have a man in a, a suit of armor flying around uh, fighting other men in suits of armor. Uh, we have a dude who can turn into this giant hulking beast or it can turn into these massive abominations. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You, science as we know it, at this point in our world, has changed. It's no longer, it's no longer just like one plus two equals three. It's, you can put, <laughs> you can put a liquid in your body and become a superhero. You can get shrapnel stuck in your chest, and there are men out there who can just invent way new elements to keep yourself alive. You can create a completely mobile flying suit of armor, right? Science is, is, is fundamentally changing from what people know. So have these scientists trying to explore these new ways. Maybe uh, have the hammer have, have landed before the movie started. So now there's this hammer in the middle of nowhere. S.H.I.E.L.D. has stepped in. They're looking it over, right? <clears throat> and these scientists either work for S.H.I.E.L.D. or they just really want to get in and see what this 
what the big deal with this hammer is. They discover there's like a, a lot of electric energy <laughs> uh, like radiating in it, but no one can pick it up, which should not be possible. It's an enchanted uh, hammer. And this dude comes in claiming to know everything about it, right? So they have to figure out who this guy is. And the more they learn about him, they do tests, run tests on him, fingerprints. This guy doesn't exist on Earth. And they have to consider the possibility that this dude might be Thor Odin's son, right? He behaves like a, a, an irrational warrior. And as he's trying to tell them, no. I can I can pick up this hammer, and I can summon lightning. You know, he, he tries and he fails, and he has to come to terms with the fact that he's not worthy, and figure out why he's not worthy. You will always you will already get this sense that this dude's full of himself, that he's quick to pick a fight. He's not quick to sit down and talk it out with people. So you can already get the gist of why he's not worthy. You don't need an entire sequence where he headlongingly, and there goes my computer. <laughs> why? Well, why he just like headlong throws himself into fights, right? We already get that sense. Maybe have a flashback of him on Asgard once we get it confirmed. Oh no, this dude really is like have have the campfire thing where he's talking about how he was this great warrior back on earth and his father's asleep and he needs to get back to him and you know he has to sort himself out meanwhile meanwhile i'm gonna offer up three possible antagonists instead of loki and the destroyer um they can stay on hasgard there are a few Thor villains at this point in time will no will never see the light of day in the MCU unless they pop up as a throwaway antagonist on some some stupid Disney Plus show. Because them fighting Thor, there's no chance, right? They jumped straight to Loki and the Destroyer, then went to Malekith, then went to uh, Hela. <laughs> Now they're going Gore the God Butcher. Literally any street level Thor villain at this point is going to die just by just just by Thor literally wagging his pinky at them. So I think instead of doing Loki and the Destroyer, scrap that. Loki can just be the series antagonist. This guy who continues to come back and pester Thor and put him into these situations. Um, instead, let's do some, some, uh, Earth-based villains. And I have three in mind, uh, two that I would strongly want to see, but first one's Cobra. Not entirely, like, super stoked on him. Cobra is a part of the Serpent Society. The only reason I bring him up is he has fought Thor before, uh, but mainly, he is a part of the Serpent Society, and if you're not going to use Loki in this movie, it's going to be really weird to have him as the main villain in the Avengers to bring everyone together. It would be interesting to have Cobra come in as the main villain of this movie and then have characters like Diamondback, Asp, uh, Death Adder, all these Serpent Society villains make cameos or pop up throughout the, the uh, Phase 1 MCU movies only to build up to the Avengers where now they have to fight the Cobra Society or the Snake Society. And yes, they're not like they're not like a huge threat, but they are Earth street level villains, and I think it would be interesting if they try to go for something go for this ambitious scheme and the Avengers have to stop them. They're all super powered, they all have their unique sets of abilities and motivations and personalities. So it would make for a much more fleshed out villain team uh, besides Loki, this really well-developed character, and a faceless army of aliens. You know, I feel like this would offer up something much more dynamically interesting uh, leading into the Avengers. But that's really like, 
that's the only reason I have Cobra uh, as as this at all because I think it would have it would have been interesting to see what Josh Whedon would have done with a villain team like the Cobra, uh, the Snake Society. Now, the other two would be a lot more interesting. I have a bit more ideas. A first, Gray Gargoyle. I think he worked for AIM at some point in time, but mostly. I really love his design. <laughs> I really love his design, and I really love his powers. He's basically got the Midas touch, except everything he touches turns to stone. Very interesting, very deadly, and it would also be an interesting fight against Thor, who is, by all intents and purposes, in this movie, a normal human. I think it could be an interesting fight where Grey Gargoyle oh, I don't know, maybe tries to lift the hammer of Thor, can't, so he tries to develop this serum that will allow him to pick it up, either give him super strength or something, but he accidentally gives himself this curse where everything he touches turns to stone. He goes to his wife, his loved one, touches her, and she turns to stone before his eyes, and he's killed her, right? He's become this monster, and so, with everything gone in his life, he goes to pick up the Hammer of Thor, only for it to be coated with rocks. Thor shows up, gets pissed, They get. he tries to fight him, sees that his powers are turning people to stone or whatever. And so he leaves, you know, Jane rescues him, for, you know, this is very loosely put together, but... At this point in time, Grey Gargoyle has nothing left. He wants to reverse this power. So he decides he's going to go threaten Jane Foster and crew. <laughs> um, and so maybe there's like four or five scientists. He kills one of them. And Thor basically sacrifices his life to save Jane Foster. Becomes worthy again. Summons Mjolnir. The spell and the magic within Mjolnir frees both of them. From the stone uh, being turned to stone, and he fights Grey Gargoyle one last time. Grey Gargoyle gets like a boost in power or whatever to make for a much more interesting fight. Um, and yeah, and he defeats him. Grey Gargoyle gets shipped off to the raft or whatever. That could work. But my personal preference would have been the Wrecking Crew. I love the Wrecking Crew. It's this group of four dudes named after, like, uh, construction equipment, pretty much. There's pile driver, uh, Bulldozer, Crowbar, and Thunderball are kind of your main four. Uh, Thunderball is, like, this really intelligent scientist, uh, while the other three are kind of morons. <laughs> uh, Crowbar's usually the leader. He has a... An enchanted crowbar, which would be interesting if he maybe worked on the construction site, or I think some, I think he is also a scientist, but either him or Thunderball see the enchantment and are able to somehow, um, like reverse engineer the curse. Or you could even use this as an opportunity to introduce Loki. This mysterious figure approaches them and says, You would like the hammer, wouldn't you? They're like, oh, yeah, you know, I want the hammer. I want to be able to, you know, do whatever it is the Wrecking Crew does. We want to be able to rob banks or get back out of bosses or whatever. And Loki goes, well, I can't give you the hammer, but I can give you enchanted uh, equipment, you know. I'll give you this enchanted crowbar. I'll give you this enchanted ball and chain, uh, Wrecking Ball. I'll give you this enchanted... Uh, I don't know, Pile Driver and Bulldozer, I think. <laughs> Both of them don't really have weapons. One of them just has really big fists, and the other one basically is like a mini juggernaut. So, you know, Loki can give them enchanted whatever have yous to fit with their characters, or, you know, just magically transform them. Um, but use Loki as kind of this catalyst for them getting their powers... And their only condition uh, before they do anything else is, I want you to kill the blonde guy. Um, 
they go to kill Thor. They do. <laughs> and then Thor gets his hammer back. He fights them. Saves the day. Defeats them. And then in like a post credit scene. Oh shoot. It was Loki. Right? You know? Yeah. Like have him, him be a mysterious figure. At the end of the movie. Thor goes back to Asgard. And he goes up to Odin. And is like. I've learned my lesson father. And Odin's like, oh, well, that's good. I'm F you, I'm going to the Odin sleep. <laughs> I hope you're fit to rule Asgard while I'm down. Uh, and then Loki approaches him, and you see his face, and it's like, oh, it's it's the guy. And Thor's like, ah, oh, brother, it's been forever since I've seen you. And Loki goes, ah, yes, I've missed you so, or whatever. They hug, and it's like, oh, shoot, his brother tried to kill him. <laughs> you know, that would be interesting. That would be an interesting setup as for Loki as kind of this continuing antagonist. And it would also allow some street-level characters, so it's not like Thor just instantly fighting the best of the best. He's just a normal dude having to go up against normal dudes with some superpowers. I think that would make for more dynamic uh, fight scenes instead of just a giant robot shooting lasers out of its eyes. It's three guys uh, with diff various powers and weapons who are kind of these, you know, street dudes who kind of fight dirty, fight tough, going up against the God of Thunder in his human form. I think that would be interesting. <laughs> so, in my opinion, they should have committed to one of those stories, adjusted them a bit, and fleshed everything out. And this movie could have been great, honestly. I think this movie had the potential to be fantastic, but then they fumbled the ball and just went, we don't really know what to do with the, I don't know, I'm doing this voice. Just go along with it. We're like, we don't know what to do with this movie. Uh, so let's just make it a fish. Jerry over there, he wants to do a fish out of water movie, comedy. So we'll do that. But Jimmy over there wants to do an Asgardian movie. So let's just put them together. <laughs> you know? I really wish they committed one way or the other because it would have opened up for new avenues in the MCU that, frankly, might be a bit more exciting with the ultimate the direction they went with. I'm not saying, like, oh, The Avengers sucks. Excuse me, sorry, I keep hitting my mic. The Avengers is good, from what I've remembered. The, the, every time I've rewatched it, I've enjoyed it. But a major problem is that the freaking Chitauri are just boring cannon fodder. If it was the Serpent Society coming in, that would be interesting. If it was... Oh, I don't know. If you did the Wrecking Crew, right? And now my toilet's going off. <laughs> my house is falling apart. Uh, or if you had the Wrecking Crew as the villains, reveal Loki to be the villain at the end of the movie, and then Loki coming in in the Avengers to be the first big bad they fight while Thor has to kind of come to terms with the fact that his brother kind of sucks or just another different Avengers villain uh and Loki can kind of step up to be another villain in Thor 2 maybe even collaborating with Malekith to let um the elves in to kill Odin or something like that there were there are a lot of interesting directions they could have gone that I think could have bettered future at the very least could have bettered Thor too but could have made some more interesting choices come out of the MCU but instead they couldn't commit to either and just said F it will make Loki the first villain he fights and then we'll make him the main villain of Avengers I think there was a lot more interesting stuff they could have done Ooh. But, like, those those were, like, my two big ideas. Uh, obviously, Asgard looks beautiful. There there was a surprisingly amount, a surprisingly large amount of MCU connections. I, I keep forgetting how integral this is to the MCU, especially in Phase 1, introduces us to the main villain of the Avengers, Loki, uh, sets up uh, Stellan Skarsgård working with S.H.I.E.L.D., which becomes important in the Avengers, uh... Coulson coming in again in a much bigger role. Hawkeye, sorry. Hawkeye comes in in this. Uh, I keep for 
Like it's literally in one scene. I think Screen Junkies did the joke where it was starring Hawkeye doing nothing. All right, see you. Like it, literally all Hawkeye does is grab his bow and arrow, climb on top of a perch, sit there and go, yep, Thor's going towards the hammer. Oh, he just beat up some guys. You want me to do anything? No? Okay. Oh, well, he he got to the hammer. He just assaulted another guard. And then the, Coulson's like, Agent Barton, stand down. And he goes, all right, cool. And just, I just like, at the very least, Black Widow beat up Happy Hogan and beat, like had a cool hallway fight. <laughs> Hawkeye literally just comes in and like does a play-by-play of Thor breaking into the S.H.I.E.L.D. facility and then just F's off until the Avengers comes around. Uh, and then Sitwell was in this. I forgot Jasper Sitwell was in it. Uh, if you don't know who Sitwell is, he was in a handful of episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He was in this movie, apparently. But he his biggest role was in uh, Avengers Winter Soldier. Or <laughs> Captain America Winter Soldier, where he's revealed to be a HYDRA agent. Uh, and, you know, he gets freaking yeeted out of a car by the Winter Soldier. <laughs> so he's... He's not, like, a super prominent, but, like, he's a relatively important uh, character to the MCU mythos. So that was interesting to see him in there. And then finally, the only the last note I had, I'm just going to visually demonstrate it. This movie has so many of these. Like, almost every shot is, is a freaking Dutch angle. It's like, like, imagine... <laughs> Imagine if this man, Kenneth Branagh, directed just, like, a normal, like, oh, buddy comedy or something. And it's like, someone's just eating a meal, like, at McDonald's. And he's literally shot like this. And he's just, like, it looks so much more intense and, like, dangerous than it should. <laughs> like, some of the Dutch angles work to make things look epic. But sometimes it's just, like, Thor's lying in a bed. And suddenly the camera's just... Like that, for no reason. Thor's just, like, waking up. Like, there's no way. <laughs> there's no reason for the camera to be tilted like that. Um, but, yeah. At the end of the day, the bottom line is, Thor is a very frustrating movie for me to watch because there are two really good ideas in there that could have worked really well to bring out and flesh out this really cool world the MCU sets up, introduce characters that we probably will never be able to see again uh, at this point in the MCU. And there's a lot of what-ifs that come along with this. And I wish we got to see some of it rather than the movie we did get, which was a confused mess that could not commit to any concept whatsoever and just becomes a whole lot of... Eh. Six out of ten. <laughs> uh, my score definitely. I remember really liking it when I first watched it a few years ago. I think I had given it a seven out of ten. Like, oh, it's flawed, but it's so much fun. <sighs> Second time around, I liked it less. And I, I, I had a feeling I would. I just didn't know if I would like it a lot less or just like. Eh. And it kind of just was. Eh. It, it's. It's a movie in the MCU. Like, it's it's fine. Um, it's almost half and half, but not quite. I think there still are enough good elements in there. I like Thor's conversation with Jane at the campfire. Uh, I think the actors do a fantastic job. Like I said, Asgard is shot beautifully. Um, some of the comedy, I think, works. I really just like the, I like this drink. Another! That's very quotable. <laughs> Um, but at the end of the day, it's just, it's kind of forgettable, and I wish it wasn't. Um, it could have been so much more, and it wasn't. <laughs> um, so, in terms of where I would rank it, uh, I, I'm going to go off the top of my head. I like it more than Iron Man 2. I think I like it a bit more than The Incredible Hulk, but it's not better than Iron Man. Iron Man still trumps all these movies, and I think that's how it's going to be for a while. Uh so yeah, for, uh, we're going to wrap up the show. We're about, we're coming up on 50 minutes, so it's going to be a shorter episode. Um, but yeah, 
I don't know what I'm talking about next week, but next up in the MCU watch through, whenever we eventually continue that, I think we will be talking about Captain America, the first Avenger, uh, which I'm excited to revisit because that movie I I have very fond memories of. I remember loving that movie. Um, So hopefully it does not let me down. (laughs) So far, Half of these movies have. I've seen what we're on movie number four. Iron Man did not let me down. It was it's still as good as ever. Hulk surprised me. Iron Man two let me down. This movie let me down. Fingers crossed. This is the tiebreaker, I guess. Uh, so we'll see you when we do that next week. I don't think there's any major releases, so I might just make a movie or an episode about like a fall movie or something like that (laughs) well we'll get there when we get there one day at a time i gotta finish editing some stuff uh i have some acting exercises for class so i gotta get on all of that and i just knocked over something over here i really i really need to get rid of this thing this is it's like some cardboard or something that i had for a project that i just haven't gotten rid of and it's been very annoying to work around but before i do all that we're going to i'm going to give you some recommendations for this week uh before we head out first off we got creep oh my gosh uh this is this is going to be my final horror recommendation i suppose this movie was really good it's a, it's very unsettling it is a I guess found footage it would qualify, but it's like this mockumentary following around this dude who's just really creepy, really unnerving. You peel back the layers of who this guy is, the more unnerving and unsettling it is, it gets. Because the setup is just this dude hires a filmmaker to just make a documentary or like a video diary for his son because he's probably never going to see him again because he's dying of cancer. But you slowly realize that's not what it's is that's not what it is um and the more layers peeled back the creepier it gets mark duplass is fantastic in this movie uh it's surprisingly pretty funny um yeah it's just kind of one of those movies you got to experience for yourself so experience it for yourself next up we got dune dune is currently in my top 10 movies of the year uh i think it's very good um Excuse me, at a runtime of two hours and 40 minutes, I believe. It doesn't feel that, at least for me. Um, I know a lot of people have given it the criticism of, it definitely feels like a part one movie. Yes and no. Um, Yes, in terms of yes, there's definitely a part two planned for it. (laughs) Like, it leaves off and there's definitely answers. uh, There's questions to be answered. However... The way people talked it up and saying, oh, it's definitely a part one, made it feel like it was just going to suddenly end and I was going to get blue balled. But the story, the point in which they wrapped up the story felt natural. Like, as the scene was unfolding, I said, this feels like a natural spot to roll credits. And it rolled credits. So, yes, it is a part one. (laughs) So you're not going to get a complete story here. But there is a part two, and it just feels natural where it leaves off. Um, there are some questions to be answered for sure uh, regarding some uh, important stuff. But it's a really good time. It does. I feel like it does justice to the books. The, the freaking cast is amazing. I mean, it's a stacked freaking cast. Anyone, uh, Everyone from Timothy Chalamet, Josh Brolin, Zendaya... Oscar Isaac, Rebecca Ferguson, uh, Dave Batista, Stellan Skarsgård. Holy crap. Stacked. One of the most stacked cast of the year. This movie delivered. Denis Villeneuve is a fantastic director. Highly recommend you go see this in theaters. Preferably IMAX. Don't watch it on HBO Max. Um, unless you have a theater in your room. Finally, a little 
movie called Till Death. It is a survival movie starring Megan Fox, where Megan Fox's husband takes her out into the middle of nowhere, chains himself to her, and shoots himself in the face. Megan Fox has to survive the cold elements, uh, the fact that she's dragging a corpse around, and the fact that her husband hired two criminals to come and kill her. <laughs> it is very effective in terms of its suspense. Uh, I was on the edge of my seat hoping that she makes it out alive because she gets put in these precarious situations uh, trying to just survive in general, get herself free from her dead husband, and escape these two crazy dudes. Uh, and I think the intruders, for what they are, are fleshed out uh, enough. Like, they, they don't just feel like, oh yeah, we're going to come and kill you because that's what we do. It, they have their own conflict between each other. They have their own relationship with each other. So I think it works for what it is. It is uh, just a movie that you can sit down, have a good time with in about an hour and 40 minutes and be done with it. Um, definitely not like, you know, the best movie of the year. It came out earlier this year. <laughs> it's on Netflix now. It's not the best, but it is... For what it is going for, it is very effective and very solid, and I think this will be one of the most overlooked movies of the year, so I highly recommend it. Go check it out on Netflix. Megan Fox actually does a pretty good job. Uh, but yeah, I am very tired. <laughs> I'm running on low fumes. Uh, I had a retreat this weekend that I was attending slash working. Um, didn't get any sleep while on it forgot it was daylight savings time today so I ended up waking way before my alarm was supposed to go off uh, and I also went to bed late last night so I'm running low on fumes I'm trying my best to stay awake um, but I feel like I feel like my episodes where I'm just tired as crap are my best episodes because I tend to get a little loopy <laughs> but I feel like this episode was solid um but yeah I hope you guys have a great weekend. I'm going to try and recover, get some sleep. Uh, I just started watching Squid Game, so I might talk about that next week if I finish it. Um, so far, it's pretty solid. And yeah. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Uh, my name is Garrett Inman, the host of the Cinema Lounge podcast, where we chilled and talked about Thor and... How frustrating it is because it could have been great but only ended up being okay. And yeah, follow us on all the socials. If you're watching on YouTube, press the like button, hit the subscribe button, <laughs> hit the subscribe button. Leave me a comment uh, down below. What do you think about Thor? Do you think it's overhated? Do you think it's overrated? Do you think it's just okay? Do you think there's a good story embedded in there? What are your ideas for what Thor could have done? Uh, what are your thoughts on my weekly recommendations this week? Are you going to see The Eternals? Because I'm not. I I just don't care anymore at this point. I'll just check it out on Disney+. Plus. I feel like that's how a lot of people are at this point in, in, in time. Plus, I missed The French Dispatch and Last Night in Soho from last weekend because I've been so busy. Uh, and I'm going to make an effort to go go watch those first. Um, but yeah, watching on Rumble, hit the subscribe button there. Hit the Rumble button. Leave me all the comments down below as well. If you're if you're listening to any streaming platforms, follow us on those. Leave us five star ratings and follow me on Instagram at the Cinema Lounge. I think that's everything. <laughs> But make sure you do all the social media stuff. I will do my best to do the social media stuff in return. And I hope you all have a good night. Always remember, don't be full of yourself. Because worthy people are not full of themselves. Worthy people are humble. Also, don't run over people with your cars. <laughs> I hope you have a good night. And have a great week. I don't know. I'm Garrett Inman. I'm signing off. <laughs> I got nothing clever for you. I'm sorry. I'm tired. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Hammer. <laughs>